You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. It is Friday. Let's close out the week strong. So I want to get to TCU football and their schedule next year here in a moment. And I actually planned on starting with that today. But I think I think segment one, the A block here, we need to go with TCU basketball because I feel like they had definitely their most significant win of the season last night. Um, they played Oral Roberts. They won 71-63. Now, I was a little surprised that – TCU was eight and a half point favorites coming into this, so they didn't cover. They were almost there. Sorry if you uh, were putting money on TCU Oral Roberts last night. They dominated the game for the most part. That was dominated strong. They were in control of the game for the most part. Oral Roberts had a run in the second half, briefly took the lead, but TCU responded right back. The Frogs got off to a good start, which is something they have not done in a while. So that's encouraging. Um, This ORU team. They went to the Sweet 16 last year. Now, this is a different group. Uh, They still have Max Abrams, who is a really good player. He's probably going to play in the NBA. He can score. Um, But this is a team that's turned over. They were a senior-laden team last year when they made that run in the NCAA tournament. Um, And they're still a Summit League basketball team. However, I felt like this was an impressive win for a TCU team that, you know, the last couple weeks, like, they got blitzed by Santa Clara. They they beat Austin P. They beat Pepperdine, but they didn't really do it super convincingly. They were very sloppy at times, and you still saw some of that on Thursday. But that's the most consistent offensive performance they've had in a while. Now, Mike Miles and Damian Ball led the store led the scoring with 13 points, but they got to 13 points in two pretty different ways. Ball was fantastic. Um, he was six of eight from the field. Miles was 5 of 18. He started 0 of 10. He got going in the second half, to his credit. I'll say this about Mike Miles. His numbers look good, um, but he has not been real efficient this year. He's averaging 15 points a game, which is solid. But, you know, for the season, he's shooting uh, 26% from three, 36% from the floor. He's just – he's really struggling to get going – on offense and this team desperately needs him to be the lead dog they need him to be a good efficient scorer like they just don't have anybody else you know Damian Ball I liked what he did tonight I want to see more of him when I first saw him he reminded me kind of PJ of PJ Fuller but now that I've seen him for a couple games I think he's got a higher ceiling than that like he can go um, he's athletic. He can get up and down the floor. He can take people off the bounce and finish. He's somebody who's going to fill a nice role. You know, Micah Peavy, I would love to see him score some more. He has got he had six points on the night. He was 3-7 shooting. But it seems like his role is mainly playing lockdown defense on the wing and, you know, getting points when he can. He's averaging seven on the year. So he's he's doing some things on offense but he has not been the athletic scorer I thought he could be coming into the season. Eddie Lampkin, you know what you're going to get from him. Again, on Thursday, he gave them really good minutes. He brings instant energy. He's diving on the floor. He's getting rebounds. He's going to get some easy buckets. You know, he came out there, and he had eight points in 28 minutes, which is really good 
for one of your guys down low. Chuck O'Bannon's going to come off the bench, and he's going to shoot threes. The reason I'm naming all these names, I think there's a lot of guys on this team that have pretty clear defined roles. You know, Emmanuel Miller's a dude that's going to work the boards like crazy. He can fill it up. He's somebody that could give you 20 on a given night, but he's probably going to do more of what he did the last night, which was 10 points, 10 to 12 points. They have a team that can be pretty balanced, that has defined roles, but someone has to step up and be the lead dog in the scoring department. Someone has to step up and be who Desmond Bain was his senior year, which was not only just a three-point shooter, but a player who turned into a very dynamic and very efficient scorer. And, I mean, Mike Miles needs to be that dude. Now, if it ends up being Damian Barr or Emmanuel Miller, then fine. But I really think if this team is going to reach their ceiling, then Mike Miles has to be the guy that comes out there and gets the job done and is scoring and is scoring in um, an efficient manner night in and night out. Max Abrams, the guard I was mentioning earlier for ORU that you know has some NBA talent, he had 20 points. He was 7-19 from the field. So – Um, They did a pretty good job on him. First half, they did a great job on him. Second half, he got going a little bit. But you would expect that from a great player. Uh, This team defensively, I think, is really, really good. Now, we'll see what happens when they hit this upcoming stretch and hit Big 12 play. But, I mean, aside from the Santa Clara game where they just let uh, that team shoot like 60% from three, they've been great on that side of the ball. They play with good energy. They play good team defense. They have good individual defenders. I like what they're bringing there. Upcoming on the schedule, you got a three-game stretch here. You know, my guy Andy, Andy Swaim on Twitter, um, he responded to me last night because I was like, hey, this feels like a significant win for TCU basketball. My college hoop heads, my guys that, you know, on a Tuesday night are watching Big Ten hoops or whatever, is this is this as significant as I think it is? And Andy was like, we're going to find out a lot about this team. In this stretch right now, Oral Roberts on Thursday, which that just happened. They got the victory. Then they play Utah at Dickey's Arena um, coming up next Wednesday. Texas A&M a week from Saturday in Georgetown the week after that. So a three-game stretch, and these games are spaced out. Like, it's it's basically a game a week. So you're going to have time to prepare. You're going to have time to get your legs fresh. Like, it's not going to be playing, you know, on a Wednesday and a Friday. So three games kind of spaced out where you get to see, okay, can this team really hold up? Because I've said this before, but that that opening stretch of Big 12 play is just brutal. Kansas, West Virginia, Baylor, like right out the chute. Um, so this will be a good opportunity. Okay, how good is this team? What do they do well? We'll see in the coming weeks as they hit that uh, you know Christmas break where the semester ends soon playing Utah and then playing um, Texas A&M, which is doing a nice job under Buzz Williams this year, and then finally closing out with Georgetown in the Big 12 Big East Challenge. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It is your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. When we come back, let's take a look at that TCU football schedule, huh? Let's do it. That's coming up next on uh, Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, segment two coming your way. Uh the 2022 football schedule was announced. I think this was announced on Wednesday, but we'll break it down right here on Friday because I wanted to get, I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to listen to Sonny Dykes, his press conference on Thursday's uh, podcast episode. So, 
TCU football, first year under Sonny Dykes. This is what the schedule looks like. We'll start with the non-conference slate at Colorado. Colorado had a really tough year. Um, been a pretty irrelevant program in the Pac-12. It really hurt them. They lost Mel Tucker to Michigan State. He was doing a good job. Uh, that's a game that hopefully TCU can take care of business in. Then Tarleton State, and then a bye week. Um, and people have lamented about this already, and I'll, I'll join in the chorus here. I don't understand why there's a bye week in the middle of September, but it is absolutely brutal for a team that's going to have to play 10 games in 10 weeks, essentially, and play the entire Big 12 schedule without a break. It's just not – I mean, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. I don't know why it's that way. Um, but, again, it's the same situation. Early, early bye week, and then just, boom, 10 straight games to close out the season. After that, at SMU. And I was joking around with Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram the other day because that game's in Dallas. And TCU is obviously on a two-game losing streak to SMU, which just makes me want to, like, throw up in my mouth every time I say that. We should not lose that team. I said we. I don't like doing that. TCU should not lose that team. It's brutal, sunny, get it done. But that's going to be a pretty hostile environment. Now, of course, I get the jokes. Like, all all 24 SMU fans are going to be really mad about this. Uh, but there will be some juice in that iron skillet game for sure. So your non-conference schedule, I think there's a pretty good path to 3-0, which I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but one thing that was really frustrating the last few years is they couldn't do that. I mean, they would they would leave non-conference play and they would be two and one, and the difference between three and zero and two and one it's it's significant. If you're talking about bowl eligibility, which I know is not the ultimate goal, and I know it's not what people will necessarily want to talk about, it seems like a a fail safe or a fallback option. But it's a lot easier to get there if you get to three and zero. So that's just a good starting point, and also it makes you feel good about the season. Like they need to get this done. Beat Colorado on the road. Beat Tarleton. Go to Dallas, get that win, get to 3-0. Beat the teams you should beat. Like, take care of that slate. That's that's really the first test for me in the Sunny Dykes era. Can you take care of business against those teams? Because one of the things that me and Matt Jennings have discussed lately is, yeah, Sonny has struggled down the stretch, and he might very well do that at TCU, and if he does, then we'll talk about that. We'll criticize him for that. But one thing he has done well is he's taking care of business against teams that he should, for the most part. This year, SMU really faltered at the end of the season. I think that's mainly because he was already on his way to Fort Worth. Anyway, beat the teams you should beat. Like, that's just a key. That's just a a key to having a successful season, to attaining your goals, win the games you should win. After that, first Big 12 game in the St. Dykes era, October 1st against Oklahoma in Fort Worth. Should be a fun one. Who will the Oklahoma head football coach be? Not sure. Sounding like it might be Brett Venables. That's the smoke. We'll find out, I think, on Saturday. That's when they're planning to make an announcement. Uh, Defense coordinator at Clemson is who Brett Venables is, if you don't know. His name's been linked to a ton of coaching vacancies over the years, but he's never made the leap. But sounds like uh, he might be coming around to doing that and doing that for the Oklahoma Sooners. After that, at Kansas, then Oklahoma State, on October 15th, Kansas State after that. So a really tough opening stretch of the Big 12 schedule. Home against Oklahoma, then at KU, should be a win, 
But, you know, Lance Leipold in year two, we'll see how improved that team is. Oklahoma State at home, which just obviously embarrassed TCU and Stillwater this year. I know they have a lot of guys coming back on that salty defense they had. And then K-State, which Chris Kleiman has had TCU's number. They have never beaten him. And, I mean, K-State's just one of those teams, man. They're tough. They're physical. Like, I think – I was thinking about this the other day. One thing that TCU has done well the last few years is they have physically dominated teams towards the towards the bottom of the conference, like Texas Tech and Kansas. They've won those games the last few seasons by just running the ball straight at them. Not as much this year against Kansas, but back in Lawrence especially. But they've struggled against K-State and West Virginia, and I think that's because they can't physically dominate those teams. Like, those teams are not necessarily great, but they're tough, they're hard-nosed, and they're not just going to let you run the ball on them. Um, so that's a tough stretch to start the Big 12 slate. And then at West Virginia, again, Neil Brown has just owned TCU. That's something that's got to be fixed. Uh, then back at home against Texas Tech, at Texas, at Baylor, and close off the Big 12 slate with Iowa State. So, a tough stretch to end the season at Texas, at BU, Iowa State at home, and a really tough stretch kind of at the beginning of conference play with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State in, you know, three out of four weeks, and then on the road against West Virginia, which playing in Morgantown is significantly tougher than playing them at home, even though at home this year they got waxed pretty good by the Mountaineers. Uh, So that's your 2022 TCU football schedule. The Big 12 is a parity-filled league, so it's really hard to project records, and I don't know what this roster is going to look like, but I'm excited to see uh, Coach Dykes get to work, and I'm excited to see who they bring in, possibly in the transfer portal, you know, who they might bring in from a recruiting standpoint and what they look like when they get to work uh, in a couple months. That's the 2022 football schedule. We talked about basketball in segment one. We'll be back Monday. Plenty more. Hopefully there's some more commitments. I'm getting a little restless, man. I was, I was really wanting commitments every day. I know they're bringing in some guys for official visits this weekend. Um, so by Monday, let's, let's just project and manifest that we'll be talking about some possible you know new additions to this 2022 recruiting class as we'll be like a week away basically from signing day at that point so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this has been locked on horn frogs it's part of locked on podcast network it's your team every day